Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Welcome to this week's episode of the Mum and Mama podcast, brought to you as always by the lovely Golding Accountancy, wearegolding.com. How are you? I hope you're good. I'm in best of all at the moment while you're listening to this. Well, if you're listening to this on Sunday when it comes out, I'm at the best of all. Having the time of my life, no doubt. I'll be telling you all about it when I get back. This week, I have the wonderful Adam Richardson talking to me about loads of stuff. <laughs> Adam is the co-creator of Pod Bible magazine and co-host of the Pod Bible podcast. We spoke about him being a stay-at-home dad while his wife went back to work after she finished her maternity leave, so he was kind of the main carer of their daughter. Um, and we also speak about suicide because sadly Adam lost one of his good friends uh, very recently and he wanted to share it with me which was very I felt very privileged that he wanted he felt that he could talk to me about it and so we talk about that and mental health and lots of stuff really but it's a lovely chat I do hope you enjoy it and I'll speak to you in a bit ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me Kiki Palmer Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Work. Work. So I've decided that I'm going to start a Patreon. Did we talk about this at the podcast thingy? I think you mentioned it, yeah. So, and I thought I can just use the videos of the podcast. Okay. So do you mind if I use this video? (laughs) I actually just ate a leftover curry for lunch, so I might just check I don't have any around my face. But I I I can't see anything. But I'm quite bad. My wife always points out that I've got food in like the corners of my mouth. No, we're all... At least you haven't got a full-on beard. We're all good, that's true. I remember when Pip first grew his beard, he found it really hard eating in public. Yeah, it must be a nightmare. (laughs) Because you just get... Yeah. I mean, obviously I wouldn't know. No. (laughs) That's why I shave, because I just can't can't handle the bits. When I I got braces when I was... Well, I got them off just after my 30th birthday, so I had them late. Mm -hmm. Because I had... When my wisdom teeth came through, my teeth moved. 
even though the orthodontist was like, oh, it's not because of your wisdom teeth, it's just... Well, I don't know what it was, but I'm like, but if I have more teeth in my mouth yeah. and then my other teeth have moved, surely it's... But but I remember when I first got them, eating was just the worst. Were they proper, like, train track? Proper train track braces. I had four teeth out oh, and proper train right track man. braces for, like, I think it was about 18 months, maybe. Okay. I, I did yeah. the um, like Invisalign type thing, or I can't remember what it's called. I, it was like a cheaper version of that. Because um, my my bottom teeth, this this one, like one of the bottom front ones, was really starting to go forward and look really crooked. And I can see my dad, yeah. now his teeth are an absolute mess. I was like, I don't want that. And then, and you know yeah. what is especially since starting to do pod, to do podcast stuff during lockdown, where you're doing it on Zoom and you can see yourself. So I've got, I'm small now, but I'd spend, I'd be like, oh my God, is that what I look like? And you're talking so you can see your teeth. So I was like, I'm going to look into this and uh, I had to wear the, they're like, uh, you can take them out and give them a rinse and stuff like that. So they're like retainers. Oh yeah, like the plastic yeah. thingy. And yeah. then every couple of weeks you then um, change them and you have, so that they're slightly tighter and then they're putting more pressure on the teeth. So you get like a set sent through right at the start, a box of like eight different sizes it's quite good, and it was cheap. I mean, it was. I mean, it was cheaper than doing it through a couple of different. Like I asked my dentist, and it was going to cost thousands. Yeah, it's a lot of money. Um, but now I just have to wear them at night, and uh, I mean, it's not perfect. It. They're not perfectly straight, but it's much better. Yeah, that's it. But if I stop wearing that's, them at night, they just slowly grow, go back to how they were. Well, I've got a fixed retainer in the bottom, like a fixed metal. Oh right. In the because apparently if your bottom teeth are fine, then your top teeth won't move. Really? Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't know, but I that's that way sounds a lot less painful because it did hurt having them mm. on. Because my eldest daughter Lola, she's they're both going to have to have braces, which is funny because both. I mean, I didn't have braces when I was younger, and their father's got good teeth. Yeah. So it's funny how did they their suck their thumbs just, or I mean, anything. They're not terrible. No, no, they didn't. Neither of them okay. did. Because I did. I. But I mean, then. Yeah. Have you got the thing? I did. I sucked my thumb and then my front teeth were starting to stick out a little bit. So when I was about 15, yeah. I had to have um, braces. But I didn't have the train tracks. I had the ones you could take out, but they still had all the metal that would dig into your gums. And oh. um, I had to have... So, because I've got... Because obviously I had teeth out, I have got some gaps. Yeah. And after I had... Oh, no, it, was, it must have been when I had the braces. On the bottom, my bottom lip on the inside, my, my skin used to stick through the holes in my teeth. Oh, wow. And I ended up with like actual lumps in my that I had to have cut out in the end because then I kept. I think there was one or two. I can't remember. My memory is so bad. <laughs> um, but I did. I caught it a couple of times. I think. I think it used to get caught back in my teeth. Oh God! And it just really hurt. So I had them cut that out. Sounds awful. But when she she had to inject my lip, and it's still a bit numb. Oh really? Oh, that's interesting. And this was I don't know how many years ago, but it's obviously a risk when you have anaesthetic. Yeah. And I've just got like this. I, I, I know I don't notice it unless I think about it, and then I can feel it. But there is just like a line down my bottom lip that is just never oh, came that's back. Weird. Well, at least it doesn't look yeah. like it. You know, at least it's not like drooping down or uh, <laughs> yeah, you, you like dribble every time you have a drink. <laughs> I mean, you might dribble every time you have a drink anyway. To... <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> well, that's my excuse now. Yeah. So hello. Hello. <laughs> Adam, I th- and that's funny because I just thought I was thinking. Well, I've got you on because I've had Stu and Pip mm-hmm. on a couple of times and I've never had you on. Yeah. I mean, that's obviously not just the reason that I've got you on, but I thought, oh, we can talk about Pod Bible. We can talk about anything. Because I don't think I've ever talked to them about Pod Bible. I mean, obviously I've talked to you about them in real life, but like... Yeah. I mean, so when, I know a lot more about Pod Bible than they do. Well, <laughs> that's what I was going to say. You're obviously the brains and driving force behind it because they're always podcast they're always busy it was funny we had a chat the other day a meeting um and we were talking about things we're doing and Stu was like um well you know we've all got our podcasts and I sort of nodded and I thought I've got a podcast that I do once every two weeks whereas he puts out five episodes a week of off the beaten track then he does about three or four others so I think he spends a bit more time podcasting than I do that's why I had to come on here I was like I need to do other podcasts yeah, yeah you've got <laughs> I, I actually don't know how knowing how time consuming obviously it yeah. is not even just it's just the finding the time to actually sit down and chat mm-hmm. which is I love yeah. but like fitting it in and 
you know, we've rescheduled this a couple of times because life. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I don't know how he has so many podcasts and actually manages to do it all around having a family and a... I know. Has he got a job anymore or is he just doing pop He does bits he? and bobs. I think he, and obviously think. he's got the brush, um, which means that he's up, yeah, up course, really late on a Friday yeah, yeah, night. Yeah. Um, I don't know how he ha- does everything because he's got so many different pro- projects. Know. He's got different companies. Yeah. He's got different like partners and, and business partners and things. I, I know, he is like Del Boy. Yeah. But I'd just be so stressed. I'd be so stressed. I, I find Pod Bible stressful sometimes. But in the reality, I've just got loads to do. But they're all quite quick things to do. So a lot of the time I've got a massive yeah. to-do list. And if I actually sit for a few hours, I just get it all ticked off and then I feel relaxed. Yeah. But if I was dealing with different email addresses and different companies and different bank cards and all the different stuff that he, he has to deal with, I don't know how I'd do it. So do you put it all together? Mm. Yeah, so I... Um, so- I Initially, Pip and Stu got me involved because I was doing some design work for them. So I'd done, um, I'd, I was a fan of Pip for a while and used to message him occasionally on Twitter and then he needed a graphic designer for something and I've been a graphic designer for a, for a long time. Um, you sort of started as a hobbyist, like a hobby type thing whilst I was doing other jobs, which I wasn't really into. Um, and then I retrained and I started as an intern at a design agency when I was about 27. So quite l- okay. late to, you know, I was earning 500 quid a month for about six months as an intern. Luckily, it's because my wife is successful and has a, like a proper grown up job and could cover the bills for that period. And she was like, if that's what you want to do, then we'll work out a way of doing it, which was great. Oh, um, that's great. Yeah. So I, I started um working in an agency and built up my experience and worked with some great people and learned a lot and then I got to the stage where I was like I I love doing the day-to-day design stuff but I actually like doing the client liaison stuff I like doing the customer facing bits and bobs I like you know I want to I want to do more than this and I thought I'm I'm going to go freelance I've learned the skills how to use the software yeah. I, I I'm going to try and get my own clients um, so I went freelance, started working from home about 10 years ago and, um, just, yeah, I mean, it, it was never hugely, hugely successful, but I had a couple of contracts along the way, which paid well, um, which kept me going. Um, and so, yeah, it, it would have been about 2016, 17, I first messaged Pip and offered my help, um, did a couple of design bits for him. And then when he was adding podcasts to the network, I think the first one I did was Say Why to Drugs, and then I did Off the Beaten Track, and then I did um, Stop and Search for Jason, and then I did Films to be Buried With, and I did some parenting podcasts. I don't know what happened to that. Uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, and then, and then I think Stu had the idea for Pod Bible in 2018. Um, and they realized they'd need somebody to do the design and layout. Yeah. And they called me, uh, I was a freelance designer and it was basically another freelance design job. I thought I'd, I'd design the mag yeah. and that'd be it. Um, but as it grew and as we started working on it and we were getting more partners and advertisers, we realized this could be an ongoing thing. And then we realized yeah. that actually, I, again, like, I wasn't just doing the design work. I was getting involved in all the business decisions and we realized actually we're a trio here. We're, let's make this a proper yeah. company and we can each be equal directors. Um, and here we are. Was it only going to be one then? Well, I think initially, well, I think we hoped there'd be more than one. Um, yeah. But I, I thought it would be like once every couple of months I'd spend a couple of hours laying out their magazine and then I'd be doing my other right, work. Yeah. Um, but it quickly became apparent that actually making the magazine was quite a lot more work than just laying out content. I was actually having to write a load of the content or email people yeah. to um, send questions and do interviews and um, picking the podcasts and making sure we have a big range of pods and it's not just all the... I mean, it, the first issue... Because it must take ages. It did. It doesn't, it doesn't take as much time now because, you know, we're 22 mags deep, so we're in the flow... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the first, it's funny when... Do people approach you now yeah. to be in it? I was yeah. saying to Pip and Stu this morning on our little WhatsApp group, there's a big PR company who I won't mention who look after a load of podcasts, big podcasts. 
Um, and we used to email them all the time in the first couple of years. Oh, you know, have you got anyone who wants to be on the cover or can we get somebody for an interview? They used to ignore our emails. Then we got to the stage where they'd reply and say no. And now they're sending us stuff all the time saying, can this person feature on the cover? Yeah. Can we get this person on the podcast for an interview? So it's really cool. How do you decide? Is it very much based on what you three like still rather than making the... No. I'd say it was. And when I look back at that first issue, it's full of just the podcast we were listening to. And Pip, Pip yeah. was writing a lot back then because um, we didn't have any writers and now we've got freelance writers that we use and we obviously try and be a bit more diverse because we are three white guys and we listen to a lot of the same sort of pods. Yeah. Um, so now I just I just sort of have a bit of a plan. I have a look. I've got a big spreadsheet full of all the pods we've recommended in the past. Um, if I'm listening to pods or I'm reading about pods and something takes um, my eye, then I'll... I'll shove that in the spreadsheet and then when it comes round to it, I'll be like, right, let's pick a nice mix. You know, we'll have one massive podcast that everybody already knows about. We'll make sure we have some real like niche podcasts that people may not have heard of. We'll have comedy, we'll have true crime, but then we'll also make sure we have different creators. So obviously there are still bloody loads of white men making podcasts, but we'll try and make sure that we're a bit more diverse in terms of, you know, gender and everything basically. Yeah. Um, do you know what the statistics are <laughs> with regards to uh, race and gender with podcasts? Because I mean, it is. I mean, that's the joke, isn't it? It's just it's all yeah older white men. But is that starting to change a bit now? Or it, it I mean, is. is there any way of knowing? It, it is. There are statistics. There are um, big surveys that come out every year that talk about. Um, you know who, who the creators are i can't remember what the stats are but it is still heavily weighted towards towards white men and i, but I think listeners as, as well i think most listeners were white men but that's probably because they were listening to themselves or their mates or yeah, um, yeah, yeah. but things have changed a lot and definitely from a pod bible perspective um when the whole george floyd black lives matter stuff happened that was quite a big moment for us because I had thought we were quite good at including a, a diverse range of pods. And then when that happened, I looked through and I was like, wow, well, we haven't had, we'd, ha we'd had one non-white cover star in Ramesh Ranganathan. But when I looked through all the podcasts we'd been recommending, we'd hardly recommended any from people who weren't white, basically. Yeah. Um, that was a big moment for us. And since then... Um, and we've definitely continued it and it's a pleasure because I mean I'm learning about all kinds of other podcasts and different things and meeting yeah. different people um, we've 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 changed that and uh, if you flick through the last five six seven eight mags I think you'd see that there's a real good range of different types of pods yeah. for everybody so yeah well, yeah good. it is good <laughs> and actually I'm proud of that I am proud of that because it would be easy just to be like Let's just recommend the latest off menu. Um, let's put an Adam Buxton in there. You know, let's get Richard Herring's because these are all big, popular, um, fun yeah. podcasts. Um, so yeah, it's uh, I'm I'm proud that we still do that because I know again there are a lot of people who when that stuff happened, there are a lot of businesses who were like, well, we're going to change our ways, and they did for like three months or yeah. something like that. Um, but we've kept it up, I think. Um. I'm, I've started a business with my friend. Well, she's basically brought me on her business. And she, um, she's, she's a hairdresser, so she's got a lot of clients who do all different kinds of things. And one of them has made this makeup bag that she sells. And she does quite well. But she said that when she uses a model who is not white in her advertising, the, um, what's the word when they can see who gets involved with it? Um, response is it the response rate or the interaction rate or something yeah they'll have different analytics it's, for it where they can see it goes down dramatically really yeah and I was like that's I mean I, I couldn't believe that but obviously that's of course it's you know that's the world we live in is it but I was absolutely shocked yeah and it was like it's made her so then it's the really hard thing of she obviously wants to have models who represent everyone but then if it's going to damage her business mm. to do so, 
that they and she's a she's a small business compared to you know yeah. but I was like oh my god that's it's interesting it's terrible isn't it but it's so like yeah I, yeah, because I often think about that because sometimes I'll look at our mag and I'll be like, well, actually, we've probably got about 40, 40% or um, well, it's probably like 60% white podcasts. And then I'm like, well, I mean, in reality, in Britain, what is it? Is it like 80% white? Um, so you, oh, we're still, so. we're still, oh, and then I'm like, well, I don't, I don't need to think about any of this, actually. If I'm finding podcasts that are yeah. interesting... Um, because let's face it, the majority of the white male podcasts are talking, you know, it's just comedy or talking about films or talking about football. Um, and actually, you know, getting different people involved from different perspectives and different backgrounds means it's just a load of different, interesting content. Um, and then it's the whole like, yeah, okay. It's that might, the balance might be slightly off and maybe more in favor of, of, of different, of the different, um, races or whatever but we need to do that right we need some positive discrimination or people 100%. yeah and yeah 100%. to get these things out in front of people and i've had conversations with people who not you know how some people they're not racist but how they think is a bit racist but they're not aware of it because they yeah. just think that that's how things are or whatever yeah, do you know yeah. what i mean but it's like i remember when all the black lives matter stuff started and my mate who is very well intentioned was basically just saying i don't know why it's got to be such a problem like i don't see color like as a white man i always find it very (laughs) troubling when any white men give me opinions on women or people that aren't white do you know what i mean it's like you can't i mean obviously everyone can have an opinion but it's like you can't you will never walk in their shoes to comment on their experience do you know Mm. what i mean and it's like you know everyone should just get along like racism isn't that as bad as it used to be yeah you know and it's like why do you think all this shit's fucking happening like and, and the whole people that don't believe there's still a pay gap and, i know you know it's like it's because he sees the world because he doesn't discriminate and he doesn't think anyone else does but and, and he doesn't experience like, but it you are discriminating yeah. because you're you're not acknowledging the fact that stuff is still we still need to really change yeah yeah it's you have that sort of unconscious um bias and actually, since since all that, I'm, I'm doing a lot of reading and listening to people and listening to pods. And it's like, oh, shit. Yeah, actually, there's a lot of things that I thought I wasn't uh, like yeah. discrimination that I didn't think I took part in. But actually, I did without realizing it. Yes. And you make assumptions, yeah, yeah. don't you? And I, I grew yeah. up in um, a very white village. And in school, we it was like 100 percent white. My school, I think we had we had. Really? Yeah, it really was. Um, and it wasn't really until well, yeah. I went up to the Midlands for um, university when I started meeting all kinds of different people. And I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. I, Where did you grow up? Like Brighton? Yeah, just... It, Sussex. In. Yeah, uh, yeah, a little village yeah. just outside Brighton, just north of Brighton. Yeah. And I went to a primary school with 70 kids and there were like f- five kids in my year. There were three boys, um, two girls in my year. It was tiny, really sheltered. In yeah, in my year. <laughs> there were five that was, that kids was primary in school year. secondary school there were more wow yeah and we had um yeah as i said i think i think there was i think for about a year there was a there was one black child who joined the school and it was a huge novelty we were like oh my god look at this he's so cute and none there was i don't remember i mean who knows but i don't remember any negativity or, or or racism really but it was all more like oh my gosh this is like a this is crazy for us because we don't experience yeah. this and um what i find sometimes interesting is that i then moved to the midlands and went to university then i went traveling and then i was lived in london for uh eight years and so i have then experienced living in much more sort of multicultural areas and and mixing with all sorts of different people but some of my friends have remained in like the little village or on the outskirts or the towns where we lived and they're not bad people again but they've you can see they've still got a lot some of that sort of unconscious bias that they're not yeah they wouldn't yeah. say is a problem um but you know i try and sort of challenge them on it occasionally but it's difficult that isn't it when it's your mates you're like shall i bother <sighs> but you should i guess but i don't know 
Yeah, you should, but then it's... It... You've got to pick and choose, haven't you? Yeah, sometimes, because sometimes it's, like, it's not the point of just... It's like Rich Wilson mm. said that he, he did this skit about being non-binary toilets. Right. And basically his mates were basically just saying that it's wrong or whatever. And he's, I think it was like, why do you fucking care? Yeah. Like, that's the thing for me is it's like, why does it matter to people what other people do in? Yeah, that is, that, that's how I feel exactly the I mean? same way, yeah. It's like, I don't, I couldn't give a shit who you choose to love. As long as everyone's happy. Yeah. <laughs> but with, yeah, with the racism stuff, it, it's, it's not always just a... I do... I like to think that I challenge people, but then it depends who those people are and where my yeah. vocabulary isn't always the best or my knowledge. I know, I really feel like I know what I want to say, but sometimes I can't get it out and it's like... I have the same actually, yeah. And especially feel, in messages, if, like if it's in a group or something like that and you, you start typing something, you're like, no, that's not really what I mean. And yeah. like, you can't get the words. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a tough one. The best ones, Pip's brother Ian. Have you ever met no, him? I've heard lots about him. He's like, he's just the best person. When he used to be on Facebook, I just used to love it because if any of my racist acquaintances on there or whatever, or anyone ever commented on, because I, I share a lot of like left wing stuff. Yeah, yeah. But if there was ever any comments or anything, he'd just go straight on there and shut them down literally in just the best oh, way. He perfect. was just the best person because he's so clever and so funny and articulate. Yeah. And I really miss him because I just I want him to have all my arguments oh. for me, or or him to always be there so he can question people or confront people or because I think the best the best way in those situations is to kind of I was talking to Jordan Gray about this actually if you can make people laugh or kind of not attack people but kind of bring them round to your way of seeing in a funny or nicer way then it's much yeah. better isn't it because then you yeah that, that's sort of the role I always used to play when I was younger with our friendship groups whenever there'd be any beef or any arguments or uh, anything that was like looked like it wasn't going how it should I'd always be, like I didn't realize but I took on the role of the peacekeeper or the person who would go in and resolve stuff and it would always be that like a really friendly approach just being like look what are we doing like why yeah. there's no need for any of this is there and i'm not cross or angry let's just like it's just silly isn't it and have you and trying to get people to think about the other person's perspective because so often people are just wrapped yeah. up in how they're feeling um yeah but it's interesting you're saying about ian and having because i i had and this is fairly fresh but i'm happy to talk about it but my best friend um from secondary school when i was like his best man at his wedding and he was one of my ushers and uh my first ever flatmate that i live with in london um he he's like that he was he was like that for me in the sense that he's really clever and really articulate and could get across his opinion perfectly and would say the stuff that i'd want to be able to say that i just was kind of thinking in a garbled way in my mind but couldn't get out um and he we were just on the exactly the same wavelength like pretty much all of my opinions aligned with his opinions on stuff. Um, sadly, he died four months ago. Um, <laughs> sorry, to pre I didn't prepare you with this at all. But he, he, no, he died, right. and uh, I've spent a lot of the last few months, obviously it's been awful. Um, oh, but I'm sorry. That's okay, sorry, I should have pre pre I didn't expect no, to bring it up, but it's so right. similar to what you're saying about Ian. Yeah. Because I just realised how much I miss him even in like some of our WhatsApp groups, you know, where some people get a bit, um, you know, talking about politics or talking about whatever it may be, even though we all generally are on the same side, um, there'll be times when yeah. some people go too far or this, some people are even like too left wing and they're just, you know, yeah. um, he would always be able to come in and just kill an argument or come in and just say what needed to be said. And I'd be like, oh, thank fuck. Cause that's how I feel. Yeah, and I've been trying yeah. to work out how to say it. Um, and yeah, he's like an absolutely huge, huge loss in that sense. Um, oh, I'm sorry, that's really shit. Yeah, it's been really, really, sh really shit. Yeah. Worst thing that's ever happened. Um, yeah. Well, it doesn't happen at our age. You expect, like, there's people that you expect to lose, mm. but when you lose a peer, my mate died, well, it was seven years ago now, mm. 
but she was ill for a long time. She had, unfortunately, she had cancer. Right. And they treated it, but then it just kept coming back and it just wasn't good. But she actually, the reason why she died was they actually gave her the wrong medication and it ruptured her bowel. Oh, right. So oh, it no. wasn't, I mean, of, if she'd have been in a better way, well, I don't think she would have survived it actually. Mm. But it was one of the, the family never did anything because it was, it was a mistake basically. But wow. then you don't know if she would have, I mean, she wasn't, she didn't really have a, any quality of life at the time that it happened and I think for them to have fought they didn't have it in mm. them to because it's, it's a long very long process isn't it trying to go against the NHS yeah, I bet. Um, but yeah that was so it, we kind of had a bit of warning ish about it but yeah it's just not it's not right is it like obviously the biggest fear in the world is losing a child mm. like that is you know yeah I just tried, I try not to think about things. Like no, you that. can't. I mean, because <laughs> it's like you just don't want to. You start going down that rabbit hole. It's, it is like, horrible. <laughs> I've got a six-year-old uh, girl, and uh, yeah, I, ha- I wasn't prepared for that. When you know, you just think, oh, I can't wait to have a child. It's just going to be fun, 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 and then just the worry. And you've got, yours are older now, so they're going to start going out. And Lola's starting senior school in September, so today she's actually there having like a induction right. day. And um, when we were walking there this morning, she was like, are you going to cry? And I was like, no, I'm not going to cry. I mean, I might cry on your first day, but because I cried when Juno started junior school, because their school is, it's infants in one place and juniors in another. Right. So it feels like a bit more of a, mm. and, um, but I, Lola's ready to go. Like, I'm not, I'm not sad that she's starting. I'm excited for her yeah. because she's old beyond her years anyway, but. My other friend, her daughter's just finished her A-levels and she's gone travelling. And we were talking about that the other day and I started getting like, oh my God. Yeah. Because they are going to leave me. They are. Aren't they? they? And which is, I want them to and I want them to have the best time ever, but I'm going to be like, oh. Do they they acknowledge that they're going to leave you? Because my daughter's still like, I'm never leaving you. I'm going to live with you forever. You know, I'd never want to move out. And I was like, you will want to move out. She's like, no, but do yours... Do you know, I have it written on a bit of paper from Juno that she's not going to move out till she's 45. <laughs> she's like, I'm not going, I will never leave you, I'm never going anywhere. And I think she'll be the worst yeah, one to I don't think, out of the pair of I them. I don't think you'll want that. That's a bit too long, right? 45? Yeah, but to be fair though, if we're still living in London, yeah. I mean, they might never leave me. True, they? that is true actually. <laughs> they might be here forever. But yeah, I want, it is that weird, I really want them to just have the best time and mm. have amazing experiences and travel and yeah you know but also i know that i'm just going to be worried for the rest of my life now but it's the weird thing is is that like in a way it's the best time ever for them to travel because you've got whatsapp you've got facetime you've got you know they can be in touch all the time yeah my sister is uh oh god she'll probably listen to this and i always get it wrong she's seven years older than me but um when she went traveling um when she was 18 i think um, we just used to get a postcard every three months and it'd yeah. be like full with tiny writing saying what she's been up yeah. to. <laughs> yeah. And then when I went traveling yeah. when I was 18, we get like, there was no video calls, no WhatsApp groups or anything like that. You have to buy a phone card and then go to a phone yeah. box and call back. And then we had a little website thing where we'd sometimes write a little bit of a diary on there. But now you'd be able to, you'd be able to track their iPhone. You'd be able to know exactly yeah. what's happening. Well, Is that's that what my niece went traveling so my sister, she lives in Brighton. She's got, she's 10 years older than me. So her daughter's, well, the eldest one's like 24 now. Xanthi's 22, I think. Yeah. But she, when she went travelling, I got a bit like, oh my God, mm. she's going. But I was following her on Instagram. Yeah. And I think she even had like something that we could sign up to to follow to see exactly where she was. But I was like, oh, this is, it's not like she's really gone. Yeah. Do you, you know, because you can still see her. And, yeah. But then I. So yeah, it is better in that. It sense. is. But then you could end up checking that all the time. I remember when my we first sent our daughter to nursery, and they were like, "Oh, that we've got cameras, and you can log in." And we used to be able to log in and check every. We'd be checking every room. Where is she? Where is she? Where is she? And then we'd be like, "We'd pick up the phone. You know, where is she? Where? Uh, she's just in the loo. Well, she's just outside or whatever." They had cameras in every single room. Oh, I don't know how I feel about that. It was. It was. It was good because. 
once we chilled out a bit and we only checked it like once every couple of days, it was really nice to see her getting involved and happy and laughing, you know, doing activities with her friends. But initially, yeah, we were checking every hour and maybe it's not needed. I don't know. I remember when they were at nursery, I remember thinking I'd love to just watch them play. Because the, the stories that they used to come home with, but I think that if I could, I would probably just watch them. But then also, because you, I imagine you can't hear. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I yeah, don't well, know. there were times when we'd see and she'd be crying, or you'd be like, "She, why is she napping now? Why have they got her napping now? Yeah. She's gonna not, she's not gonna sleep tonight now. What are you doing?" <laughs> and then we, you've got to leave them to it. They're professionals. They know what they're Did doing. Did she like nursery? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she loved it. It was great for us. We sent her when she was quite young, really, about nine months. She started at, at nursery um, all the way up until she started at school. And she used to do like one day a week. And then eventually she was doing three, I think. And I used to do a lot of, because of because I was freelance, I when we had Alex, she my, my wife did maternity leave and then went back to work. And I was sort of part-time freelance designer, part-time dad which was amazing yeah um but yeah when we got to send her to nursery it was great like i'm sure you'll remember actually having a few hours in the day where you could get stuff done and but it's just seeing the like the, yes. her development with her language and they were great in getting her prepared for school and starting to do a yeah. bit of reading and a little bit of writing and that kind of stuff and having the confidence to do stuff in groups um and you know physical play and all that kind of stuff that we couldn't we weren't necessarily doing at home or wouldn't have the energy to yeah. do at home um yeah. it was it was great but the best thing was when she finished nursery and went to school and then we saved that those nursery fees because you don't realize how much you're spending <laughs> and then they go somewhere for free like school yeah. and suddenly you're saving loads of money each month it's essentially what one income isn't it really yeah yeah it, yeah it was mad actually it's crazy. It was like, when she went to school, it was like one of us had had a huge pay rise because it was like, oh shit, we've suddenly yeah. got like all this extra money <laughs> each month. It was great. So how did you find being the, what, I suppose you were the main carer, weren't you? Yeah. Then? I loved it. Absolutely loved it. It was, it was the best. Were you the only dad at the baby classes? Yeah, quite often I was. Dodger and yeah. do you know what? I yeah. love that too. Because I've, I've, I've always yeah. found it, I don't know. I've never really been one for like big groups of blokes, you know, because you know what big groups of blokes could be like. It might be that they're all actually all lovely and sensitive and whatever. But then when they get together, yeah. their guard goes up and it's all a bit like, do you watch the football? Well, what's your favourite beer? And but yeah. so I'd go and, and I find, just find it really easy to talk to the mums about parenting and, and school and, and whatever. And when there would be another guy there, I'd be like, oh, well, now I'm expected to speak to that guy, aren't I? Because we're the guys. <laughs> so it was yeah. weird. But I loved it. I absolutely loved going and doing stuff with her. And uh, I used to have every Thursday with her, whatever. And we'd always yeah. go off and do adventures and be like, right, let's go and find another soft play or an adventure playground or a swimming pool we haven't been to. Um, and I do... I remember towards the end, I was like, God, I'm running out of ideas. It's going to be great when she's at school five days a week. But now she is. It's, I do miss that. It's yeah. Tough. How did your wife find going back to work? Did she go back when she was nine months? Yeah, yeah. She took a... Did she? Actually, no, I think she took a full year. I think she was able to take a full year, which was good. Um, she was ready. She was ready for it. I know she found it tough because she was commuting and so there'd be times when she'd leave the house before Alex had woken up and get back after I'd put her to bed. Uh, And that was really tough. But she is like a driven professional person who like wants to do well in her career. And she was very much like this. I know that during the pregnancy, she didn't, she found that quite difficult. She didn't really feel like, you know, I know a lot of, um, people when they're pregnant sort of feel like, oh, this is great. I've sort of, I've wanted this feeling and it feels right and feels ready. And she, and Hannah sort of felt as if she didn't feel like herself, if she felt very strange. Yeah. And then the baby came yeah. and then it was like, oh, is this, this is me now, is it? I just clear up sick and <laughs> do dirty nappies. I, I can do so much more than this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, when, when it, when the time came, she was desperate to go back to work and have adult conversations and use the plethora of other skills that she has. It's not just, yeah. uh, 
you know, rocking a baby to sleep and, and all that stuff. So, yeah, she was well up for going back yeah, to Yeah, and it's... I suppose my, my experience of when I started doing the baby groups was nice because we all used to moan about our other halves. Yeah. <laughs> and how hard it was. But you must have had... A, well, I was going to say you must have had a different experience, but you might have had... <laughs> you might not have had a different experience, but I suppose it was... What did you talk about? Did you talk about the babies? Did you moan about your partners? Was it a mixture of... No, it's a weird one, because I've... Yeah, I've... And I'm not just saying this, but I don't think I've ever moaned about my about my wife, Hannah, to to anyone, really, because... I don't know. I don't like. I, I just like some some a couple of my mates will occasionally be like, "Oh, my wife's got me doing this, and I can't believe it." Or, "No, I can't come to that because my wife's booked something." And and I'm always like, "Oh, this is rubbish," because it doesn't really seem like they're a like a proper team unit. And I feel yes. like we're yeah, a, yeah, yeah. we're yeah. like a a really good team, and that we don't really ever have anything to moan about. And if I did have anything to moan about, I'd probably more likely want to. Uh, this doesn't always work out, but I'd I'd want to like actually just talk talk to her about it and resolve it, yeah. rather yeah, yeah, than like yeah. slag her off or um, moan to my mates about it. Because when my mates do it to me, I'm like, this is awkward, and yeah. I know for a fact that if his wife knew that he was saying this about her to me, this wouldn't be going down well at all. So, but do you find because I one thing I find strange I, I've never really been a relationship person like I was always single when I was younger really yeah. and then obviously I switched from my ex and I've not been with anyone else since yeah but a lot of people that I know I feel like they're in relationships with people because that's kind of what they decided to mm. do but they're not really like they watch different they sit in different rooms at night and watch different programs which I've never really understood because I'm like how can you be with someone if you haven't got like how can you not like the same yeah TV stuff or they moan that they ex what makes them watch certain films or then they just socialise differently and I mean I appreciate that you need to have your own time yeah. but I just don't feel like they're really I don't get it. It's like so you've had kids and you've got to stay in the same house but I don't get it. I just don't understand. No. And actually what I try and think I try and remember that a lot of people's relationships on the outside are, must, are pr probably pretty different to how they are when they're at home. Uh, like um I've definitely got some friends who, when they're out and about, they're like bickering and arguing and uh, you know, arguing the toss about the kids and disagreeing with each other about how they're looking after the kids or what they're eating. And, and I think, well, surely when they're at home and maybe when the kids are in bed, they must actually have some nice <laughs> chats and they must actually love each other because this can't be sustainable, can it? I don't know. It feels like... Uh, and I feel like, I don't know... I mean, because Hannah and I, we, 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 over the last few years, we've sort of, we do a lot more separate stuff. And I've got this, so I'm, I'm recording now in my, um, I used to have, my office was inside in the spare bedroom. And then a couple of years ago, we converted the garage into a gym and office. So I now quite often will come out here in the evening um, to do some work, or I sometimes do like, um, personal projects, design projects, or music-y type stuff, or podcast stuff. Um, and Hannah really, I think, she quite enjoys that because then she gets to watch like the the TV that I'm not that necessarily into, which is basically she watches yeah. everything, <laughs> and I'll watch select <laughs> things. Um, and yeah, we we I mean that 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 will happen a few nights a week, but I don't know about having two separate living rooms with two separate TVs. That that does sound weird. Yeah. And also, like, you've got too much money. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> there is this. So how, what did you do before you started the design stuff? I, I, my degree was in, um, like, it was digital media, but I wanted to get into film and TV, and I wanted to do okay. um, editing. So I did video editing was a big part of my degree. So I, my first job was in London as a runner for a post-production company. So, I, oh, but that was okay. basically going around Soho and dropping off tapes when everything was done on physical yeah. tapes. And ma what company? Nat, uh, it was well, it was called Nat's Post Production, and then it was Ev Evolutions. It was in Soho Square. Okay. Did you used to which companies did you used to deal with? Or oh no, only the farm. Oh yeah, the, farm. the farm. Yeah, they were on 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I only, only my friends' friends worked for okay. there. Yeah, yeah, we used to deal with the farm. But most of it was making tea and toast. And I, like, I made toast yes, for yeah. Gordon Ramsay and Jeremy Clarkson and Alan Sugar. And uh, it was quite a weird, wild time. But it was exciting because I was in the big city yeah. and I was like 21. Um, but what I found there is that like actually going down the editing route it was really technical and you had to learn loads of this technical stuff and you had to do a lot of shift work and really like graft for a few years before you'd become an editor. And I fell yeah. more into the client service stuff and we'd be making tea and toast and I'd be like, do you know what? It might be a bit more efficient if we have the tea bags here and maybe we, and like I started coming up with that and I ended up moving into the client services area, which yeah. I did for a bit. And then I got made redundant and then I, there was a recruitment company that I used to deal with who'd send us freelance runners. And I went to them and said, have you got any work? And they said, well, you could work for us for a bit. And I did recruitment for three years. And that, oh, that, wow. that, was, that was pretty, I mean, I like the people I work with, but it was just because it was sales and it, was totally, it wasn't creative and it just wasn't what I wanted to be doing at all. Yeah, um, yeah and they were definitely the three years of my career where I would work and then totally switch off as soon as I left the office, go home, and those were like the biggest like partying years and not really giving a shit and not really having any ambition and just going in and then clocking off, that kind of thing. Um, and then I did that for three years as I can't do this. Like I, I was creative at school and I got all right grades and my degree's not too bad. I've got to get back on track. And that's when we decided, why don't I retrain and become a, uh, yeah. a designer? Which I did. But again, that was like... How long did it take? Um, I, I did a load of stuff at home. So I, so I did a few courses to learn some of the software, which would get me to a level where I could apply for some jobs. And then I was at that agency. I, was, I think it was a six-month internship. I did it for three months, four months, before they offered me a permanent job. And then I did that for about a year, I think. And then I left to go freelance. Um, yeah. And then I was freelance for about six years or something before Pod wow. Bible. But the thing with Pod Bible, again, I'd, I'd got to a stage where I had quite a few clients and was doing okay, like contributing a decent chunk to the family. Um, but when Pod Bible came along, I basically had to say no to loads of work because. I couldn't guarantee I'd be able to do it because of the Pod Bible stuff. Yeah. And obviously, when we started Pod Bible, we were making nothing, and we were we were yeah. we had partners who were paying us money, but we were spending all of that money on printing the magazine. And so again, I had to turn to my wife and be like, "Remember when you sort of bailed us out a bit when I wanted to retrain? <laughs> and you know how I've like now I've got a secure income coming in. Well, I kind of going to stop that because now I'm going to get to work with Pip and Stu, and interview podcasters." And it's all really exciting. So can I do it? And she was like, well, yeah. But you've done so well. It's smashed it, isn't it? How many copies go out now with the... Is it with the Observer or the Telegraph? It's with the Times. It, it, we, it's 65,000 with the Times. We did go to the, um, the Guardian for a bit, which was where we wanted to be. But then there were some issues there in terms of... They, they limited us quite a lot on how many pages we could have and the size... And oh, it ended okay. up, it, it just couldn't really work. So we ended up going back to the yeah. times and increasing from 45,000 to 65,000. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. We've had this podcast in the, ma in the mag. We probably need to have it in there again. We haven't had Yes, it. yeah, I think that you should. Get you on the cover. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That'd be great. Because you need more women. Um, <laughs> and how, but it's every month, isn't it? It's every, Is it it's every, every month two months. Every it's every month? other month. We, I, I mean, it's, it's definitely, it's all right. It's crossed our minds to, to go monthly, but I mean, then that's double the work. So I think that would only work if we... Does it take you two months to get it together? Yes and no. I mean, it, yes, but I'm not working nine till five on the magazine every day. Yeah. You know, I do, I yeah. do. There, there's a couple of weeks in the middle of those two months where I won't really work on the mag and we'll be doing other stuff yeah. and trying to get you know, or advertisers in or um, working on other bits and bobs, whatever it may be. But then obviously we do the Pod Bible podcast, which comes out every two weeks. 
Um, yeah. And we have the website, which has got loads of extra articles and interviews and reviews and recommendations and editorial stuff. Um, we have the newsletter. So it's expanded. Um, but it's yeah. still me, Pip and Stu. Uh, Pip took a little bit of a step back after the first couple of years because he was like, my work here is done in the sense that initially he had all the contacts and he knew yes. Richard Herring and Adam Buxton and could yeah. get us interviews and stuff like that. But yeah. Stu and I were doing the majority of the day to day. So um, Pip took a little step back, um, but is st- still involved in all the big decisions. And it's a great dynamic, though. Pip, Pip's great because Stu will quite often be like, I've got an idea and I think we should do this right now. And then I'll be like, but that's loads of work and I'm going to do all of that work and maybe we shouldn't. And then Pip comes in the middle and goes, well, you're both right. So why don't we do the idea, but why don't we take twice the amount of time over it or that kind of thing? He's the mediator. Yeah. <laughs> and he's always calm. Yeah, I can. Yes, he is always, yeah, he is always calm. He is. That's the one thing you can count on. Yeah. Because he's always calm. Which is great. It is great. Because yeah. I can get flustered and Stu can get flustered. And, and then Pip comes in and goes, why don't we do this? And me and Stu go, oh, yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a good... He's very aware of how much other people are doing as well, which is yeah. nice. Like, he doesn't want to take the piss out of anyone. No. Or, you know. No, that's true, actually. He's... Even now I'll yeah. do... Um, he'll, he'll ask me to help him with some random design projects or some documents if he's for his scripts or whatever like that. And he'll always offer to to pay me or or you know whatever and most of the time i'm like no it's fine because they're just quick little jobs but he is he's definitely very fair yeah he is very yeah fair. but we shouldn't be too nice because he'll probably listen to this as well <laughs> we're better <laughs> i don't know if he, he tells me he listens i did get the odd message saying this one was good or that one was good or i couldn't listen to that one because it wasn't the sound was yeah oh he'll listen to this one <laughs> but... i'll make him <laughs> yeah. how long have you known him for uh, 20 years. Okay. Yeah, we worked in HMV in Lakeside together. Oh, really? You were yeah. there too? Okay. Yeah, yeah. But I was only there, I was part-time. I think I was there for a year or two years. I can't remember. This is so bad, I can't remember. But I hurt my back and then they all okay. take the piss because they're like, that was yeah. skiving, but I wasn't. I didn't really do very much work. Okay. <laughs> I was older than everyone else. Right. I think they were all like 19 and I was like 23, 24. Okay. But, um, but yeah, we with just... With a bad back. With a bad back, yeah. Yeah, yeah the old one with the bad back. <laughs> yeah. Skiving um, again. <laughs> we, we just, we both liked independent cinema, really. And we used to travel into town because we were in, well, in Essex. We used to come into town to go to the Curzon or whatever and watch the films that would never come out to... Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, cool. Yeah, and, and that was it. And then he went, he come and stayed at my flat for a while because then I moved into London and then he did his little tour because he yeah. started doing the music. Yeah. And he did his, his little tour in his little van. Yeah. And then he just became really famous and it was like, oh, that's... This is weird. <laughs> that's weird. It's pretty cool. And yeah. Yeah. It, well, I mean, it was amazing. I still can't really believe it. But, I mean, I can believe that he's done so well because he's the hardest working person I've ever met in my life. And he's so, yeah. like, that's what I'm doing. And he does it, which is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And all but the different things he tries, it's... Uh, yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah. And he's so... I've definitely learned, learned a fair bit from Pip. Yeah. Um, and then he's, obviously, he's godfather, isn't he, to one of your kids. So he is, yeah. must be a pretty special bond that you've got. Well, it's his fault that I met their father, so... Okay. <laughs> which he still owes me quite a lot for. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, 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 but I've not seen him for ages. I saw him in November briefly because it was my mum's birthday and we went to Margate. Right. Um, he doesn't really go out anymore, does he? He never went out a lot anyway. No, no, that's true. And now but, he's got uh, the perfect uh, excuse to hide. Uh, yeah, I saw him a couple of weeks ago and that's the first time I'd seen him since before the pandemic. Because we oh, just wow, be doing really? everything on Zoom, yeah. Yeah, and, well, uh, yeah. And obviously a lot of the things for Pod Bible would be London meets. And he was always like, well, I don't necessarily need, want to come into London. And a lot yeah. of the meetings he doesn't need to. Like, it's just yeah. me and Stu that needs to be there. Um, and so there were a few things that came up where we, we nearly all got together, but we never really needed to. But now Stu's got an, an office. Um, yes. We all met there. So, uh, yeah. How, was, was that your first time in Tilbury? No, I'd been there. I'd been up about oh. six months before. Oh, okay. Lovely, 
beautiful yeah. place. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice that Stu's got the office, but it's, um, yeah, it is nice that he's got the office. Yeah. But it's just nice that you're all doing so well. Because it's yeah. the Pop Bible's an amazing idea, isn't it? And it's really good. And well, it that was brilliant. yeah, it was Stu's idea, so we should big up Stu a bit quickly. Um, but Stu. yeah, he he uh, he had the idea, and he's definitely the ideas man. I, yeah. I don't tell them, but I have ideas, and I'm like, well, I'm not going to suggest that because then I'll have to do it. <laughs> so I just park it, and then a few months later, Stu comes up with the idea, and I go, oh, well done. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well done on your original idea. No, but um, it is. It, it, it's funny because since what happened to my friend happened four months ago, obviously, I then, in that first a uh, couple of months I was like well, what what the fuck am I doing yeah like who gives a shit about podcasts and yeah. magazines I'm gonna quit everything and go and work for a mental health charity yeah um because it was a mental health related thing yeah and I I just didn't really care and I was reading my emails and I was like I don't like oh uh, here's our new podcast about gardening uh, could it ever feature and I was like I felt like yeah. replying I don't care yeah, 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 <laughs> to, yeah. to every email I was getting yeah Pip and Stu were amazing um as you'd expect in in just letting me take whatever time I needed and yeah if I they'd speak to me and I'd be like I'm sorry I just can't talk about this now because I just I've got no interest and I'm just yeah all I can think about is my friend then they totally got it but I did and it's only really come back in the last couple of weeks I just didn't have any motivation and I'd yeah. sit at my desk and it would be like a chore going through stuff. I'd be like, oh, I, I know I've got to get it done because if I don't, then there'll be no magazine out. And we've committed to producing this many magazines over the year and we people have paid us money to do it. Um, but it's only really the last couple of weeks where I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm enjoying this again and I'm into it and it's yeah. satisfying and I feel motivated. Uh, oh, that's good. Yeah. It's good yeah. that you've... I think it is t- it's time, isn't it? It just... You just need to kind of process it all, and mm. but yeah, it is. Yeah, it's, it's rough. A, it is rough because it does just make you question everything. Mm. I mean, it's quite. It make it does make you realise how lucky you are, and it makes you sort of cherish the stuff that you've got. And yeah, uh, but the weird part I found is that every time I've actually felt happy or joy which again hasn't been much like I'm usually quite a positive enthusiastic person and I get happy and excited about stuff but these last few months I haven't had much of that and yeah. then when I, when I do feel it I then immediately think of my friend and then feel guilty for feeling happy or joy it's so it's such a weird thing yeah it's like I I used to think about my friend a lot and she was always mm. a really happy person and I, when I find joy in stuff, I think about how much she'd enjoy it or, yeah, you know, I, I try and, but she was, it, you've just got to kind of switch your brain around to that way of thinking, but that's a, that's a hard thing to do. Yeah. Do you know I guess I mean? that'll just take time, right. won't it? Yeah, I, it does. I, I think it really will. I, I, this is the thing. I'm not, I'm not too worried. I, I did, I had counselling for the first time. I've never had any therapy or counselling. Oh, wow. But in the thick of it, right at the start because I was um really involved in, in the day that he died uh like I was out so my friend took his own life but I heard in the morning that he'd gone missing and I went up to London and was looking for him yeah and then I was with his wife when the police came and told us what happened yeah. so it was like a huge huge trauma yeah um and um completely forgotten where I was going with that what were we just saying the <laughs> sort of flashed back to frame, what happened how you frame things in your mind yeah um ah oh, that's weird I was doing a podcast the other day and that happened I was like shit what was I where's this point going menopause <laughs> menopause oh god don't that's the it's everything um but yeah, oh no, that was it. I was talking about the um, therapy and stuff like that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, Sorry. so and I was there um, when we found out the news, and it was such an intense thing to have gone through, and I've never gone through anything like that. And I've been, I've lived a charmed life. The only yeah. other grief I've ever had has been grandparents when they're elderly, and I was young, so couldn't really comprehend it properly, or pets, or whatever. And so this was huge and I'd funnily enough I've been thinking a lot about how am I going to deal with trauma like at some point 
relative uh, like parents will die um i've been so lucky that at some point something bad is going to happen am i like and it's going to be fight or flight what will happen i'd like to think i'll be great in a crisis but actually will i just shrivel away yeah and what kind of happened is what is that i kind of ran at it and just was there and it was so intense that i was said i said to my wife i feel kind of okay I feel like I'm dealing with it okay, but I'm worried that maybe this trauma might cause issues down the line. Yeah. So maybe I should talk to somebody for like, like in a preventive way to stop yes. something yeah. developing. So I spoke to, when I was speaking to Hannah, my wife, she's got a good job, which um, one of the benefits is that she has access to counseling services that her family can have to. So yeah. we set up a few counseling sessions. Um, and it was so reassuring because everything I said that I was feeling or thinking was just like, this is all normal. You know, yes. it's all normal yeah. to be going yeah. through all of this. Um, and that really, really helped. And even now yeah. when I'll have a day where I sit down and I've got a picture of my mate just up on the wall here, most of the time I look at that and I don't quite connect with it because you can't connect yeah. with it 24 seven, but sometimes yeah, yeah, I yeah. do. And I'm just like, I just feel bereft. Yeah. But then I'm like, well, that's fine it's that's fine yeah. and that's going to happen and it will get easier um it, but the most fine. important thing is to feel it yeah because it's got to come out yeah. so you just have to let it come out and feel it and that that is life life is all the good stuff and all the bad stuff and it's fucking yeah. horrible and it's heartbreaking but unfortunately that is it's part of life isn't it and i suppose you just have to try and take from it that you're so fortunate that you're not kind of inflicted with certain things or do you know what I mean? Like you you can appreciate things that maybe you couldn't or whatever. And it's, it's no, no, you're right. But it is, it's it's heart, it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking that Mm. people, I was talking about this the other day. I can't remember who too. Oh my, my friend, I'm going to have him on the podcast. His mum killed herself when he was 22. She mm. was an alcoholic and she tried to a few times, right. but she was so sick. And he said that when after she died, it was almost a relief for him and his brothers because she'd obviously been suffering for so long and it wasn't yeah. going to get any better. But some mm. of his family were kind of annoyed at him because he wasn't upset enough. But he was like, but she, it, it was her life. If she was that unhappy... Yeah. You know, and I was like, can you imagine, obviously you've been in that, I can't imagine being that low no. to do something like that. So, and it's not anyone's place to tell you that you shouldn't. No, exactly. You know, but it's obviously it's the you can't people comprehend that are left it. behind. You yeah. can't, you can't comprehend but then, it But then that's all. reassuring because if you could comprehend it, then, well, you know. Well, yes. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. But it is, it is just a, it. Time does heal, but yeah, yeah, it's just trying to find the little things in your day that you can hold on to. Or yeah, I'm a and big fan of the sky. Uh, oh, nice. Okay, I really well, like there's plenty sky. of that going around. <laughs> and I find that I'm really glad that I do really like sky because I can. It does make me happy. Genuinely makes me happy. That's and amazing. I think I'm so lucky for that. Always available. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Really? Yeah. I'm going to go out after this in a minute and uh, have a good old look at the sky because it is nice and blue. Where today. I used to live, to walk to my kids' school, we had to go over the, over the train tracks, basically, so it was up like a bit of a hill. And the mm. view of the sky from there was amazing. And I remember one day I picked them up, and I think there'd been a storm, or there was going to be a storm, but the clouds were amazing. And I was so excited when I picked them up, and I was like, I've got a surprise for you. And when I showed them, they've never been more disappointed <laughs> because <laughs> they were thinking I was going to pull out sweets when we got home yeah. or have something for them and I was like look at the sky and they were like seriously that's not a surprise <laughs> is it you used the wrong word no and I was like oh and they still <laughs> I mean this was years ago and they still wind me up about that but I was like it was a really good sky yeah Whatever. well I found yeah the best thing that I found has been talking about it and that's why because I, yeah. I know I've got some friends who were at school with us as well and a couple of them have not been able to talk about it or process it or been too busy with work or whatever it may be and I was so lucky that I was in a position where I could take the time that I needed and yeah. Pip and Stu weren't like when are you coming back to work or when are you going to get this thing done and that I'm I'm open and I talk about it 
so much so that you know I bring it up on podcasts with people who weren't expected no, to be talking about no, it. No, but that's good because but you it is it does help. It. it really helps. It's a massive and, part of life as well. So the yeah. more we talk about things, the easier it is to yeah. talk about them, isn't that's it? That's what I think. So, yeah, and yeah, people will hear 100%. this, and hopefully they'll be like, oh yeah, okay, no, you know, it's it's helpful to talk about all this stuff because yeah. you're right, it is real life and. Um, it could happen to anyone, not necessarily. Yep. You know, it's just somebody. They, so people can lose people, and it's shocking and awful. But um, you can cope with it, and if you've got a good support system and you're willing to be open and actually discuss how you're feeling, then that will really help. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm going to come away from this feeling feeling better, having spoken about it again. Good. Well, thank you for sharing it with me. Thank you very much. <laughs> That's all right, it's been great. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. Hi, yes. So that was a lovely Adam. If you want to talk to me about anything that we discuss, then please get in touch. Or if you have any guest or topic suggestions, please get in touch. I hope you are surviving the beginning of the summer holidays okay. Hang in there. Stay safe, stay sane. Subscribe to the podcast, please, and share it. Big love to you, and I'll see you next week where I have an extremely exciting guest. It's Danny fucking Price, and if you don't know who Danny fucking Price is, then I suggest you search for him on Instagram. He's a legend, and it was an amazing chat, so I'm really looking forward to sharing that with you. But yeah, big up. I'll see you next week. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.